How are you now? How are you? Right now on Super Bowl Sunday. Chiefs and Niners coming up real soon. Before we get to that, though, hello and welcome, folks, to episode 53 of the Bottom Six Minutes Podcast. No, it's episode 52 of the Bottom Six Minutes Podcast presented by Have's Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and um, uh, we have to talk before we get to the Super Bowl about your Montreal Canadiens' uh, second half of their Super Bowl weekend back-to-back, this time against the St. Louis Blues. So a couple of, you know, tough teams coming in for this back-to-back, and, um, you know, both tough teams coming out of the Western Conference. Um, not teams that the Habs are going to see very often, but teams that uh, you don't expect them to do super well against when they do see them. So going to take you through a recap. Uh, I'll try to be relatively quick for the recap portion because there is a lot to talk about at the at the tail end of that game. But first, it is playoff time. Matter of fact, the big game is today and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. I hope they're already in Vegas, really, because the game's in like a couple of hours. Uh, and our partner, Bet Online is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade, BetOnline is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to BetOnline today and join to get in on all of the action. BetOnline, the game starts here. Your Montreal Canadiens, um, <laughs> they didn't start very well at all against the St. Louis Blues. Just over 20 seconds into the game, Alexei Toropchenko just goes around Jaden Struble, absolutely undresses him, cuts back into the middle and beats Jake Allen. one nothing for the Blues. And then five minutes into the game, Colton Pareko has a shot from the point. Uh, it looks like it was tipped by Braden Shen on the way. Uh, that makes it 2 nothing in the first five minutes of the game. Um, really not good. And then injury to insult. Uh, Semi Blair, he comes in on Jordan Harris behind the net, right? Jordan Harris like catches an edge, and he's falling down already. He's about halfway to the ice, and Blair just comes in and blasts him in the back of the head anyways. Uh, slams his head to the boards. He falls backwards afterwards, cracks his head on the ice. Five-minute major gets called, gets reviewed by the officials, and upheld as a five-minute major and a game misconduct. Um, it sucks to see that for, for Jordan Harris. He was very clearly concussed. He was trying to get up off the ice after that and get back into the play, and you could see like his, his eyes were going cross-eyed. Like That's that's not a good one. We, we might not be seeing Jordan Harris uh, for a little while. And... Um, you know, a deserved five-minute major. I, I would hope there's a suspension coming from that because, uh, yeah, I, I understand it's not his fault that uh, that he's falling and that kind of precipitates the, the head contact, but you got to pull up on the hit. You can't finish your check when the guy's already falling into the boards and you finish your check directly into the back of his head. <laughs> That's all i got to say about that. And anyways, the rest made the right call, so there's not a whole lot to complain about, but the Habs, they can't capitalize. The whole five minutes of major penalty, and they cannot score a goal. However... Just after the time expires, it's Yuri Slavkovsky with the puck on one side of the ice. He's working off the outside hash mark. He spots Nick Suzuki on the other side. Beautiful pass through a mess of sticks. Uh, let's right tape to tape for Nick Suzuki, and he puts that one into the net. Jordan Bennington swimming in there. Uh, thanks to that lateral movement, a beautiful pass from Slavkovsky. And it's 2-1. to one. The Habs are right back in this thing. But then Jaden Struble takes a hooking penalty about 15 minutes into the period, five minutes remaining on the clock. It takes like five seconds for the Blues to score. Uh, Jordan Cairo just goes to the net on the back door. Point shot, uh, rebound comes right to him, untouched, makes it 3-1. to one. That's your score at the end of 20 minutes. Uh, second period, however, much, much better period for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they came out with a short bench because Harris obviously done for the night. 
They're starting to get more chances. They're looking a lot more uh, poised in their own zone. They're not giving up those uh, you know scoring chances anymore. They're actually playing a pretty good period of hockey. We get all the way down to two minutes remaining in the frame, and what do you know? Loose puck in the offensive zone. Nathan Walker just takes a weak whack at it. He beats Jake Allen. That absolutely cannot be a goal. I mean, the, the team was was really getting back into the game at that point, um, at least from a, you know an underlying numbers standpoint, and they just couldn't crack one at the other end. And then Jake Allen gives up a complete softy to Nathan Walker, and it's four to one, and that's your score going into the third. And the wheels just come right off in the third. Uh, they're still killing a penalty that was, uh, I think, it was Struble at the end of the second period, and uh, it's Rob Thomas, fucking Matchbox Twenty, is out there scoring on us now. Uh, it's a far side shot. It's, it's a weak shot to the far side on Jake Allen. Another one that just absolutely cannot be a goal. And then a little later, Habs get one back. It's the, This time it's Jaden Struble. You know, he's been taking some penalties and getting embarrassed a little bit in this game. But this time, beautiful move coming down from the point. Goes back up with the puck to the point to David Savard. Nice shot. Banks it in off Yoel Armia. So that's going to be Armia's goal. But uh, good work by the defenseman to make that one happen. 5-2. to A little bit of life for the Habs. But again, the wheels came right the fuck off. Uh, Jake Jake Neighbors would add another one to make it 6-2. to two. Jordan Cairo would bank one off the backboards. It comes back out. And Jake Allen, unable to seal his post, kicks it into his own net uh, to make it 7-2. to two, And that was your final score. Uh, an embarrassing result in front of home fans. On Super Bowl Sunday, everybody went home after that one, trying to wipe it from their memories. Hopefully, Usher gives us a good enough halftime show to do precisely that later on. I don't know. Um, fuck that game. That that was uh, that was a really rough one to watch because I, I think if you look at the the underlying numbers, they really deserve better in that game. Uh, did they deserve to win? Eh, not really. Um, I, I think it would be hard to argue that they should have won that game, but lose it seven deuce. No. They didn't get. They didn't play bad enough to get run up in that game. So that's why I'm not too too upset at the team for for their overall effort. I am upset at Jake Allen. That was an atrocious game. Um, he's had a few atrocious games of late, and I don't see a universe where anybody's giving them anything for for Jake Allen in a trade. They need to find the most desperate team possible. I think right now the the only real option that they've got to trade Jake Allen is probably. The Leafs and maybe the Oilers, and neither of those teams are going to give you very much, right? They're 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 not. They're, it's just it it is what it is. They're not going to overpay for a goaltender, uh, especially given their cap situations. It's it's going to take <coughs> it's going to take a miracle, I think, to actually find somewhere that they can trade Jake Allen. The way he's playing, it's just not justifying anything. And I think this goes back to the decision of uh, rolling with three goaltenders all year. Carrying three goaltenders in the roster has meant that one guy is going to do most of the work, and that's been Samuel Montembeau, and he's been very good, so I'm not complaining about that. I'm complaining about keeping three goaltenders because the other two barely get to play, and then when they do play, we see shit like this, and we go, well, you know, on one hand, maybe that's just what you are now. Maybe you maybe the, the, you found the cliff and you fell off it production-wise, and you're this is what who you're going to be for the remainder of your career. Or or it's th- that you're not getting enough action, so there's no way for you to really establish any kind of consistency in your routine or anything of the sort. So um, I don't know. That was a brutal game from Jake Allen, and he did not give them a, a chance to win it, right? And, you know, you're, you want your goaltender to give you a chance. He really didn't in that one. Uh, matter of fact, he was the reason that they got run up. So again, uh, I don't want to say he's the reason that they lost, but he's the reason they got run up. That That game felt like... 
you know, if Samuel Montembeau was in net, it felt like maybe it would have been a 3-2 loss and they would have been able to pull the goalie at the end of it and they would have tried at least to, to, to get an equalizer with the empty net. But maybe it ends up 4-2, but it would have been a lot closer if it was Samuel Montembeau in net is what I'm trying to say. That was, that's just a bad game from Jake Allen. And uh, really, I, I think shooting his trade value in the foot with every game that he plays, it's, uh, it's a sad state, but it is what it is. We also got to talk a little bit about what happened at the end of the game. Johnny Kovacevic, uh, Kovacevic, sorry, I keep forgetting that's how his name is pronounced, beat the absolute shit out of uh, Jake Neighbors. And, you know, I put a video of it up and people were like, whoa, he's a six foot four guy beating up on a 5'11 forward. It's like, well, the 5'11 forward wanted it. He was the one that was trying to get into that fight. And then he got his ass handed to him. So, you know, maybe the lesson here is not the six foot four guy shouldn't fight the 5'11 guy. It's that the 5'11 guy shouldn't pick fights with people he can't fucking beat. Maybe don't do that. Maybe that's a bad idea. I don't know. Um, it was nice to see some emotion from the team, at least at the end of the game there. They were not happy with the way things went. They were not happy with that hit on um, on on, geez, on Jordan Harris. They were not happy with the hit on Caden Gooley, but the hit on Caden Gooley was, uh, who was that again? I want to say it was Shen. Um, I don't think there was anything really there. I think Caden Gooley just got caught like with a stick in between his body and the boards that might have uh, hurt him in the ribs. I'm not sure. We don't have any news on him, uh, but we did get news on... We sure got news on um, on Rafael Harvey-Pinard. He's out for four to six weeks. I would expect that uh, Jordan Harris is going to be out for a while as well. Um, we might have Caden Gooley down for a few games, as far as we know at this point. Again, there's no news. Um, the, the injury bug is back in full force, and uh, the Habs have already got some guys up from the Laval Rocket. They might need to dip into the reserves even more for the next uh, few weeks. So... Um, not all, not great news coming to Montreal right now. So that's a good segue for me to get into your silver lining of the night or of the afternoon, if you will, since this was a matinee game. Um, and I'm going to give you a few uh, because I really don't think that this was that bad of a game, uh, particularly from the forwards. And uh, we're going to start with Joshua Roy, um playing his first game coming back up. Obviously, he had a short stint earlier in the season. He had a few really good scoring chances. Uh, had one that just, you know, Jordan Bennington made a really good shoulder save on him at one point. Um, I think probably seven or eight times out of ten, that ends up as a goal with that shot. It was a beautiful release. And uh, just, you know, ran into a good goaltender that made a good save. Um, outside of that, I mean, his expected goals percentage was, uh, I, I don't have it up right now, but it was around 60% towards the end of the game at even strength. This is a player that's already ready to play NHL minutes. Like, they could keep him in the lineup for the rest of the season. And that's great news because he's playing not, not like, not fourth-line minutes and feasting against shitty competition. He's playing, like, on the second line. He was up on uh, Newhook's line in that game <coughs> and looked great there. Didn't look out of place for a second. This is a player that legitimately can play on this roster for the remainder of the season if they want him to. And the only reason that they probably shouldn't do that is because Laval is going to have a chance at the playoffs. So I could see the benefit of making sure that Joshua Hua goes back there and gets the opportunity to play those meaningful minutes in a playoff run, uh, or at least in the stretch run towards the end of the season for them as well. So, um, you know, again, I, I think it's great news that he's capable of playing in the NHL and that he's capable of remaining in the NHL permanently. But... I, I do think there's value to him going back down. So uh, just good news all around from his performance. And then again, I, I have to give another silver lining to Yuri Slavkovsky. Um, 
every game we're, we're seeing more and more good stuff from him uh, beautiful pass this time to Nick Suzuki and this is another one where you, you wonder how much his extra practice work is paying off because he's standing there with that puck and he's coming in off the outside hash mark and I, I was looking at it like this might be a shooting opportunity he saw different and this is the same thing that I talked about yesterday when he uh, when he scored that goal right that when he when he got that puck like normally he would have done one of two things he would have either waited too long to shoot or he would have tried to force a pass this time he and and again today was a little bit different because he didn't shoot but it's it's the same concept that he's he's making the right decisions and he's making them at the right time so his timing is better his confidence is better and his execution is better and I mean, this is him turning into the number one overall player that we all kind of hoped that we were going to get at that draft. It's it's just wonderful to see. Wonderful to see. And he's doing it game after game after game. So we know this is not like a fluky little streak at this point. His hard work is paying off, and we should be over the moon for Slavkovsky right now. I know it's a 7-2 loss, so it's hard to fucking feel positive about anything after watching your team get thumped 7-2. But... Just look at those two young players, Joshua Hawaii and Yuri Slavkovsky. Tell me that you didn't see very good games from them that encouraged you to say, you know what, I'd like to see more of that. Um, good games. Who else? Um, tough. Tough for me to really find anybody else. You know, um, I thought Alex Newhook looked good again. Um, I think that line is something that they might be able to run with a little bit. They had him with Armia and Joshua Hawaii. Um, they might be able to keep that line together for a little bit, at least until maybe Brendan Gallagher's back, and that might shake them, shake some things up a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really have anything else positive other than the two youngsters uh, that I wanted to talk about in that game because it was, it was a rough one. Um, I guess we could touch a, a slightly negative on um, Jaden Struble's performance there. I mean, he got beat real bad early in the game. And then it seemed like from there it was all downhill. But I did like that he stayed in the like he stayed in the game and he stayed positive and he was still out there trying to make some plays. Right? Um, you get a young defenseman that gets embarrassed that badly twenty seconds into a game. It's got to affect your confidence a little bit for the rest of that particular game, and maybe moving forward in general. I mean, it's been a little bit rough for him. He came into the to the team, and he started off really hot, and he was looking great for a few games in a row. Well, I think five, six games in a row, he looked really good. And then he's kind of fallen off a little bit, and that's to be expected with young defensemen. I think um, the important thing is that they stay the course. I don't think they can really afford to send him back down to Laval right now anyways with all the injuries that they got. Um, but stay the course and uh, and keep trying to battle through it. A, a game like that is, is something that if you can park it and, and forget about it and try to move forward and play better the next game, I, th- I think he's going to be all right. But that, that was a tough one to watch. He was taking some silly penalties because uh, he was getting behind plays and then just, you know, reaching out and grabbing guys or hooking guys and, uh, you know, got embarrassed uh, early in the game. But then he came back and had that uh, that, that really nice assist on the Savard slash Yoel Armia goal. So, uh, I mean... It wasn't the worst game from him, really. It, I know that's weird to say because, yeah, he, he definitely was the cause of some goals against with the penalties and, and with getting turnstiled by um, uh, Torpchenko, but it's it wasn't the worst of games for him. I think, uh, and I think he's got better in him, so I'm, I'm, I'm willing to reserve judgment on him at least for a little bit. And it got to be better than he was in that game at least. But, um, man, I think the, the last thing I want to touch on has got really nothing to do with the score of the game, right? 
was at one point they called uh, a tripping penalty. I forget who it was coming down on the breakaway, but Mike Matheson uh, dives, reaches around, and uh, he touches puck first, but then trips the guy. And then initially they called a penalty shot. They went and they reviewed it, and they said, okay, it's not a penalty shot because he did touch puck first, but it is a tripping penalty. This is a new rule change, and I'm not sure everybody knows this, but they did change the rules because previously, a few years back, you were able to, if you dove and you touched the puck first and the guy happened to trip over your arm or whatever, it was not a penalty. I think they need to fucking go back to the way it was. I think if you dive and you stretch your stick all the way out and you somehow manage to reach around and touch the puck before you get any skate or anything like that, I think that's a skillful play. And I don't think that you should have to go sit for two minutes for it. I really don't. Um, I'm not mad at the refs because they made the call, and then they actually had the balls to go and uh, you know reverse their call afterwards. So I'm not I'm not going to complain about the officiating on that one. I'm complaining about the rule. I think that it was fine the way it was before. I don't think you needed to fuck with it. And I think this was just once again the NHL going. Well, we need more power plays because we need more goals. So that means we're going to call a bunch of stupid ass fucking penalties. And we're going to create more goals by creating more penalties. Now, we don't need that. The game doesn't need that. You think it does, but that's not what it needs. It's stupid. And I, I don't know. I would go back to the way it was before, personally. I don't like that. But I will say, one more time, kudos to the refs for um, being willing, at least, to take a look at their own call and then make adjustments uh, based on new information. So, look, I'm going to cut it off there because that was a, a dog shit game. I just hope that the next one's better. Um, rough one to watch. What are we running? Ah, not even 18 minutes. Alors, c'est une soirée pas mal typique pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.